Chirp Radio's live lit and music series, The First Time, is recorded at Martyrs in the North Center neighborhood. The theme this round was first class. We've got Inez Bellina. She's a storyteller around town. She's been seen at your being ridiculous at Steppenwolf, Story Club, Misspoken, Chicago Women's Funny Festival. Her writing has appeared in Block Club Chicago, The Takeout, AV Club. Inez Bellina, everybody. Cheeses could be found in every crevice of my fridge. Not cheese, cheeses. The artisanal manchego had busted out of the deli meat drawer to invade the shelf like a conquistador of yore. The adventurous Bailey Hazen blue cheese had shacked up with the half-empty bottle of Malbec I had downed while screams singing sad songs. I stared at the camembert in its tattered blue parchment paper, picked at and broken, lying helplessly near the wilted celery. A reminder to them that a life of neglect and unfulfilled dreams was a real possibility. I'd wait for some guidance, but the only light flickering on and off was the one in the freezer. It had finally happened. I had finally answered that age-old question asked by gaudy little Italy haunts, by chipper Giada De Laurenti's wannabes with miraculously tight asses, and by South American childhood icon Topo Gigio. Is there such a thing as too much cheese? Turns out there is, and it was threatening to take over my already dour existence. When I signed up for Zingerman's Cheeses of the World Club, my main goal wasn't education, entertainment, or even a good old-fashioned pig-out. To be honest, I don't even know if I had a stated objective as much as I had a desire to live the life promised in its catalog. My prior go-to aspirational publications up to that point had been about first-class kind of experiences like Food and Wine and Saveur and Condé Nast Traveler. Magazines brimming with spreads showcasing every color in the Pantone book and luscious pictures of rustic, chic, outdoor dinner parties populated only by your attractive friends. (laughs) And in my first year of marriage, this had been an attainable goal. My ex and I had achieved the millennial American dream. He had a secure job with health care benefits and I had earned a bunch of useless literary degrees with zero debt. (laughs) Unfortunately, this was about all we had going for us as the difficult first months turned into harrowing years and finally a complete breakdown of our relationship. And there is a lot of heartache that comes with losing the one you love, of course, but among the many indignities of divorce, financial instability may be the most urgent. Applying for a new apartment with bloodshot eyes, a flask of tequila, and the pleas of someone getting paid with exposure is the side of house hunting that HGTV refuses to show. (laughs) All to say that since my separation from my husband, I had come to terms with the fact that my life was not going to include a roasted rack of lamb drizzled in rosemary mint sauce. And it was not going to include the witty banter about how my apartment co-op was driving me crazy with their succulents. (laughs) Or whatever the fuck well-adjusted adults talk about in their gatherings. I don't know. 
It was not going to include anniversary dinners or lunches with my much-loved mother-in-law or feast in my parents' home or any of the other memories we had hoped to make in the future. If my entry-level, exploitative, underpaid job at an ad agency had any say in my overqualified ass, the most lavish meal I could hope for was a half-burnt chorizo grilled to the sweet tunes of my apartment's eager fire alarm. <laughs> so it was time to think of a new future life. For that, though, I had to figure out my present. And being the kind of practical-minded person who took a soul-sucking day job to maintain her writing habit, I knew I had to keep my ambitions low-key. That's what led me to Zingerman's catalog. <laughs> now, the Ann Arbor Bakery has all the vibes of a Midwestern mom meets hipster farmer and they fall in love with its colorful fonts, hand-drawn illustrations, and casual descriptions of their offerings. Zingerman's was going to give you comfort, damn it, even if it had to pour it down your throat. And I was immediately seduced. Because if anything could soothe my soul, I thought, it would have to be one and a half pounds of cheese <laughs> sent directly to my office so my no neighbors don't steal the package. <laughs> if anything can give me a bit of joy, it would have to be the presence of cheeses with names of destinations I could never afford, like Val d'Aosta, Italy, Fort Saint Antoine, France, and Pleasant Ridge, Wisconsin. <laughs> if anything could grant me some relief, it was a box that could keep me company on Friday nights, because let's face it, I had no plans ever. Now, I was never really one to eat my feelings. Any sort of extreme emotion, whether positive or negative, was enough to close up my stomach against even the lightest of crumbs. After moving out from the home I shared with my ex, I lost so much weight, people insisted I looked great. <laughs> Despite the persistent dark circle under my eyes and my stringy unwashed hair and that lingering stench of despair, I am, however, the type of person who can convince herself that she likes her own company very, very much. Why do you ask if she has a plate of food in front of her? And in those dark days, I wasn't having anyone else's company. I was still waiting for payment on the eight years of emotional labor I had put in my relationship, so dating was at the bottom of my to-do list. And having moved to Chicago right after getting married, I had few friends in the city since most of my time had been spent hurting whatever turmoil my husband and I had inflicted on each other. My family was a literal continent away. And on the rare occasion that someone did reach out to do something fun, I would usually come up with an excuse. Because it's difficult to have a lighthearted good time when you carry the weight of failure and resentment around you. So instead, I socialized with cheese. My monthly package from Zingerman's became the start of a little Friday night ritual that was deliciously pathetic. <laughs> After carefully placing the meticulously wrapped morsels in my overflowing backpack, I would spend the equivalent of a tax return on a baguette, an assortment of peppery salamis, and whatever wine was on sale. At home, I would take the time to unwrap the raw milk taligio, the orange-hued samora, the hearty gruyere on my all-purpose carving board in a sloppy arrangement that would have made Martha Stewart smirk and my own mother cry. <laughs> Sorpresata would inevitably roll onto the floor as I made my way to the living room, but no matter. The only one there to witness me picking it up, dusting it off, and putting it in my mouth was whatever friendly ghost haunted the bathroom pipes. 
I turn the TV to something spectacularly trashy like Real Housewives of New Jersey or Bachelor in Paradise or the initial rumblings of the 2016 presidential campaign. And it provided just the right amount of background noise and shot and fraud. However, my attention was rarely focused on the foul mouth bleeps or ugly cries coming from the screen, and I am, of course, talking about the 2016 presidential campaign. I was there to commune with the cheese. Now, it helped that Zingerman's included reading material with each each box. They gave you a self-directed lesson plan so you could get to know your fellow mates for the evening. And my dinner had its own sob story to tell. Cheese, as decadent, as popular as it may be, leads a very tortured existence. Many, like mozzarella, are pulled, twisted, and knotted into spectacularly chewy bites. Some, like gorgonzola, are injected with bacteria and left to rot and curdle. All are transformed by some exposure to time. I had a particular fondness for those that were aged, turned into sturdy and hard entities that refused to be plied. They were the survivors I gnawed at with pride and gratitude. And there were other rituals I began to incorporate in my life that also distanced myself from the habits I had acquired during my brief marriage. Being accountable to no one's waste life on my own, I prepared lavish meals that had enjoy heart attack at the end of each recipe. I still look back fondly on one memorable night where I used four sticks of unsalted butter to make myself a bistro-style flank steak with mashed potatoes so creamy they went down like yogurt. Brunch, a useless meal according to my ex, was back on rotation. And with a newspaper in tow, I could participate in my other favorite activity besides eating, which was ignoring everyone around me. And every bite took me one step further away from mourning a life that had never been that great to an unknown one that was taking shape before my eyes. As the months passed, the Zingerman's catalogs were pushed away to make room for other reading material, and I kept asking my cheeses if I could take a rain check. By the time my final installment arrived, a neatly packed shipment of English farmhouse cheddar, Kirkham's Langshire, and a raw milk Stilton, I saw them less as welcome house guests and more like lovable but unwanted roommates that smelled weird. I wanted space in my fridge for bright squashes and freshly picked strawberries, for tangy lemon pasta leftovers and red wine chocolate cake, for my first successful attempt at mojo soak lechon and my last brave stab at mussels. Not one to waste food, I didn't throw the cheese away. Slowly but surely, I grated the cheddar into omelets. I melted the Langshire into grilled cheese and tomato sandwiches on ciabatta. I topped salads with the remaining Stilton and a handful of cranberries. No longer the company to my misery cheese ceased to be the spotlight of my lonely meals, and instead they became the zest to my new life. And after having locked myself up in the cellar of my own past, I felt ripe and ready to be wheeled out into the light. Thank you. If you didn't know that you were right for me, then there's nothing I can say. I tried to call you out, spend some time to see, but somebody's in your way. Try to let it go and say I'm over you. I'm Back on my beat I'll be the one 
You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.